0: I was was brought up believing that you are placed on Earth here more or less with sort of a 50-50 proposition. And this is what I still believe. We're placed here with certain talents and capabilities, and it's up to each one of us to use those talents and capabilities as best you can. But if we use our talents properly, Think there is a power greater than any of us that will place the opportunities in our way. When I, when I think of Orville and Wilbur Wright standing on a hill at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, tossing a coin in the air to see which one would take the first airplane flight, and then I think of us here today, I just thank God I live in a country where the best and the finest in a man can be brought out. Show on the road.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I used that clip from uh, The Right Stuff to open up the show because you know, uh, this is uh, I'm recording on Friday, which is the 50th anniversary of the landing on the moon, Apollo 11. And uh, you're probably listening on Saturday, which is July 20th, the 50th anniversary of Neil Armstrong's first step on the moon. And uh if you remember it was a small step for man a lot, giant leap for mankind and uh I used that song uh from Styx, the Mission album called Gong 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 that whole album if you haven't heard it the whole album's like a concept album I asked uh, when I had a chance to meet the guys I said hey you know what uh, were you guys uh like watching the Martian and Interstellar the same the you know the same day and you guys got together and we wrote a bunch of songs and uh, we're all in that that kind of a uh, hey i'm out and out here and we're uh, we're out of contact <clears throat> it was uh it was uh it's a, it's really a good album really good album if you're a sticks fan uh anyway um and in in addition to that uh thursday night they introduced the uh the the new mid-engine corvette they unveiled it uh, i know uh there's probably a gazillion of us corvette uh, uh enthusiasts Uh, people that drive Corvettes, people that love Corvettes. It's a, it's a icon in our, in our lives. Um, I'm driving my third, my third, uh, Corvette that I've owned. I have a 2017 Z06. It's only got 16,000 miles on it, but man, that new mid engine is, it's, it's yummy. I have to I am I have to drive it. I I'm I had thought I'd wait for the second year till they put the Z06 engine in in it, and I'm hoping I can uh resist. So uh but you know they started out talking about the uh the moonwalk and the, this, this hist- history of this week and uh I can remember I was uh 2 months before my 8th birthday and I can remember watching the blast off and I can remember watching the uh uh watching the landing on the moon i watching it, watching it almost i mean i i was a space kid and uh aspired to be aspired to be an astronaut when i was a little kid of course i aspired to be a, a professional baseball player and i aspired to be this and i aspired to be that <clears throat> and uh you know so i uh i was i was really into it i remember uh watching that first step it's it's exciting times exciting times in our in our childhood maybe uh maybe a lot of you remember it as well it uh was exciting stuff so anyway uh you know not to get into the political thing in my opening i thought hey well, let's 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 uh relive a little bit of the uh let's 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 give a little uh little, uh, glory to the, the historic history of this, of, uh, this time 50 years ago. So anyway, before I go on with the political side and, uh, Hey, what's happening in this country? Let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman with summit funding. If you're interested in getting in, in, involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. 2020. That's eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. 2020. One last time day or night toll free area code eight, five, five, six four zero twenty twenty if you want to contact me but you don't want to talk on the phone because you'd rather just uh let's send out a message electronically and see what comes back uh go to edhoffman.net arrow down the page till so you see the summit funding logo that'll take you right to my uh my lending page and you can put in as much info tell me give me as much information as you want tell me how much information you want back and uh, you'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates uh, Eric Marquez, Alex Rojas, Cody Bradbury, Aaron Fredericks, or Brian Goodman, and we will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Whether you're looking to uh, uh, buy a new house to live in, buy a new house for an in, for a investment, uh, buy a vacation home, uh, buy a house to get rid of your kids that have been staying on your couch since they got out of college and there's they haven't been able to figure out how to get a job. And uh, although... I think there's, you know, Hey, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get a job that relates to my, to my, uh, basket weaving degree. And I just haven't found one that's better than unemployment. Um, so, uh, you know, push him out to get a, di- a different kind of a job then. Uh, because, uh, I'm an advocate that you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to have a college degree to get rich. Um, You just got to have a a drive A drive and ambition And uh, I personally am a college dropout So four years of uh, Two years full-time, two years part-time Cal State Long Beach And uh, decided you know, I don't really want to be an electrical engineer I think my mom wanted me to be an engineer more than that And I really would rather deal with people And uh, found my way I don't know how I ended up in the mortgage business But I did And uh, I was good at it And it was fun And I really enjoyed it So uh, that's where I've been and it's have uh, done well with it. So uh um, so if again if you're uh, if you're interested in doing that also if you want to refinance a piece of property that you have already or if you want to do a reverse mortgage reverse if you want to find out about about that reverse mortgage thing that you've been hearing about um, it is really a great product call me 855-640-2020 or edhoffman.net. click on the summit summit funding logo if you want to hear the something repeated on the show com. I'm sorry net. Click on the podcast page and you'll hear uh, this show as well, as well as several past shows. Uh, you can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can subscribe for free, have it uh, automatically download to your phone or your computer or your uh, iPad or your iPod or your mini pad or your Maxi Pad or your uh, iWatch or whatever else you download a podcast on. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman where I cur- tweet about current events all week long. And uh the Facebook page for the show is uh Facebook slash the main event, Ed Hoffman. Um okay, did I forget to say anything else? No, the listener hotline is still down. If you wanna if you wanna send comments on the show, Ed at ed edhoffman.net, and uh I will personally read your message. So uh as I do all my emails. Okay, so let's talk about what's happening in this country. Um every summer liberals take advantage of the show. The slow news cycle, by finding more things to get outraged about than normal, this summer is no exception. Unfortunately, this year it also means that we have to hear about the so-called squad, which we've been talking about for a few weeks, more than normal. Two, uh the four freshman congressmen, the two, the, the four freshman congresswomen who wear their anger and their anti-Semitism, that means they don't like Jewish people, on their sleeves. Uh, At this point, no one seems to remember exactly what the president tweeted about that made uh, the squad uh, the number one news story of the summer, bigger than even any of the Democrats running for president. Remember, we used to hear about Biden and Buttigieg and uh, Kamala Harris and all these guys, we're not even hearing about them anymore because all we hear about is Ocasio Cortez and uh, Elon Omar and uh, Rashida Talib and the other one uh, Presley. What I don't remember what her first name is because uh, I didn't even I didn't really really know she was part of the squad. So to refresh everybody's uh, memory, it started with a three part tweet last Sunday, and uh, I'll just read it like it's one says, uh, so interesting to see progressive Democrat congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are a, com- are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt and inept anywhere in the world, if they even have a functioning government at all. Now, loudly and viciously telling pe- the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime infested places from which they came, then come back and show us how? Oh, show us how it's done. These places need your help badly. You can't leave fast enough. I'm sure Nancy Pelosi would be happy, very happy, to quickly work out free travel arrangements. Kay, did you hear anything racist there? He basically said, "Hey, you guys come from places with with uh, no track record of of having having anything going right, and you guys are been you guys are your your first term, and you know terms are two years long in Congress, so you guys are here for the first time." And now you're trying to tell everybody how to run the government. So you got like a year and a half of experience, and you guys are telling everything how it should be done. Well, why don't you go back there and fix those small countries that really have problems, and then come back and show us how to fix things. So uh, instead of experimenting, you know, it's like, hey, if I was to run run for, uh, for office, of course, you know, this isn't what Donald Trump did, but I would think if I was to run for office, I'd start running for... I don't know. uh, Maybe I'd start with Congress, maybe uh, mayor of a city, maybe state assembly, maybe maybe uh, and then go for governor or maybe go to Congress and then step up to senator and then then talk about president. I think that's kind of the natural progression that people do. But these these girls went straight into Congress and then they went to they wanted to tell the president how to run things. So... Uh, Nancy Pelosi, seeing an opportunity to make make nice, nice with these girls who've been uh, out there calling her a racist, introduced a resolution to condemn the president's remarks on the House floor Monday. Uh, and then things erupted into chaos when uh, Georgia Republican Doug Collins interceded.
0: Every single member of this institution, Democratic and Republican, should join us in condemning the president's racist tweets. To do anything less. Would be a shocking rejection of our values and a shameful abdication Suspense. of our
2: oath of office. I was just going to give the general speaker of the house if she would like to rephrase that comment.
0: I have cleared my remarks as a parliamentarian
1: before I read them.
2: Can I ask sure. those words be taken down? I make a point of order. The gentlewoman's <laughs> words are unparliamentary <unparalleled laughs> and risk ready to be taken down.
1: Well, just in case you don't know what a parliamentarian is, apparently that's uh someone who who's the expert in the rules and the and the the language of debate and uh and apparently Congress, hey, these are the rules, these are the things you can say, these are the things you can't say. <clears throat> it's kinda like uh the engineer at uh the radio station here that, that bleeps me when I say the wrong thing. Say, so, Oh, you can't say that, can't say that. Okay. So uh can't say that on the radio. <clears throat> so um I again, she says, we want to condemn his racist remarks. I I don't see him. I've read these things fourteen times. I don't see any racist remarks there. He's just pointing out, hey, you guys come from other countries, and three of them have been, three of them were were born in the United States, but their families, uh, and I guess we all immigrated here, but they're they're, uh, uh, they're they're more tied to their to their previous cultures. But um, Elon Omar was born in uh, in Somalia, so. uh, Uh, But he's saying, hey, you guys come from these other countries that are messed up more than this, and you want to tell us how to fix things. So I guess, I don't know, maybe because he's referring to them that the fact that they came from other places, maybe that's considered racist. I don't know. We all came from somewhere. A few hours later, the squad basked in the spotlight. A few hours later, the ba- the squad basked in the spotlight some more with its press conference.
2: I will always
0: refer to him as the occupant, as he is only occupying space. This is a president
2: who has openly violated the very value our country aspires to uphold. Equality under the law, religious liberty, equal protection, and protection from persecution. Recent tweets and words from the president are simply a continuation of his racist and xenophobic playbook. We cannot allow these hateful actions by the president to distract us from the critical work to hold this administration accountable to the inhumane conditions at the border. So the
1: first note that I want to tell children across this country is that no matter what the president says, this country belongs to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they they're the critical work of holding the holding the government responsible or accountable. I thought you had critical work of helping run the country and do things for your constituents. And you know we got to pay attention to the inhumane conditions at the border. I've seen a few people go down to the border since uh, Ocasio Cortez went down there and said that people are drinking from the toilet and i've seen some videos i've seen a, a a pastor went down there that uh that uh runs a big organ- a big uh he has a i forget what you call it <clears throat> but he has a he he runs a big uh, uh anyway he's got a he's got a big following of some sort maybe he does have a church down there behind the border but he uh he he uh, pr- he's very pro immigrant and he went down there and, and went, saw it. And he said, I didn't see anything like that. I didn't see anything that she describes. I didn't see any inhumane conditions. And it was clean. They had water, blah, blah, blah. No one's drinking from the toilets. And I've seen a video where they show, hey, look, there's, there's bottled water in all the, in all the restrooms. And, they have, uh, and there's a drinking fountain. There's a single unit that's uh, a toilet and a sink and a drinking fountain all in one. All in one. And then, of course, uh, President commented Tuesday morning on this.
0: Go wherever they want, where they can stay. But they should love our country. They shouldn't hate our country. You look at what they've said. I I have clips right here. The most vile, horrible statements about our country, about Israel, about others. Uh, it's up to them to do what they want. They can leave. They can stay. But they should love our country. And they should work for the good of our country.
1: I agree. I agree. I think that's... Uh if you don't love our country you're not working for the for the greater good of our country then why are you in congress i mean i think uh people that are uh, are have a calling to to do something hey you know do something constructive do something constructive we stop with the name calling and the uh i mean I heard somebody say say it on TV, saying, "Hey, these these four want to structurally change our government. They don't want to just change some policies. They don't want to structurally change it, which means completely tear it down and completely rebuild it." And uh, they're for. There's 435 people in uh, uh, representatives and 100 senators. These people are for, and that's not what the people are for. Also, Tuesday morning, these young women continued their media tour with a CBS This Morning interview. When Gail King asked AOC about Pelosi, Rashida Tlaib jumped in with an answer that shows she doesn't have much respect for her speaker.
0: Are you speaking to Nancy Pelosi? Our teams are, are in communication. But shouldn't it be a face-to-face with I agree. you and the speaker? Yeah. As yeah. If we're She's speaking. the new
1: member, not the speaker. Yeah. No, oh, but, but she has every right to sit down with her
0: in any moment, any time with any of us. Yeah. She is speaker of the house. She can ask for a meeting to sit down with us for clarification.
1: Then she continued by calling uh, Pelosi a racist, just like AOC did last week.
0: The fact of the knowledge is, and I've done racial justice work in our country for a long time, acknowledge the fact that we are women of
1: color. So when you do singles out, be aware of that and what you're doing, especially because some of us are getting death threats, because some of us are being singled out in many ways because of our backgrounds, because of our experiences and so forth. Well, I don't don't, uh, really believe that, that people are being singling them out because of their but their backgrounds or their race or their color or their experiences, I think they're uh, being singled out because they're, they're saying some radical stuff and uh, they're, they're just saying they're just, it's just inappropriate. And, uh, you know, here, here's another thing I to point out. Why should the speaker of the house have to ask for a meeting with them? Shouldn't it be the other way around? I think so. So anyway, you've probably heard Talib and uh, Rashid Talib in, and uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez repeating the same with "We get death threats. We get death threats." line all week. But did you know that the Republican, the the Republican member of Congress who actually has proof of the death threats, um, he gets Matt Gates, Republican from Florida, asked U.S. Attorney's Office in Northern California to file charges against the person who left his threatening left this threatening voicemail recently, and the office said this wasn't worthy of prosecution.
0: Gate, you pathetic piece of shit. You know that I could blow your head clean off your shoulders from over a mile away. Watch your back, you pathetic little piece of shit. You got your head so far up Trump <laughs> I could still take it off your shoulders, you gate. I'm coming after you.
1: I have to think that. The caller ID must have been somewhere in California. Otherwise, why would a a Florida Congressperson um, ask the the court, the U.S. Attorney in California, to file charges against him? <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe uh, there's something I'm missing. Uh, so, yes, it's true that Elon Omar, one of the one of the squad, is the only one of the four fresh freshman Congressmen that. Congresswomen in Trump's tweet who was not born in the United States. And yes, she is legally a citizen, but none of that changes her track record of fright, fright, frighteningly anti-Semitic and anti-American statements to recap. She made the comment, uh, that the, uh, that the, uh, New Yorker, New Yorker, or New York post put in there, uh, that they made a big deal out of, uh, when she made a comment about, well, you know, Hey, you know, they're coming after Muslims because Hey, some people did some things in reference to the nine 11, And then she said, it's all about the Benjamins, her way of saying that Republicans in Congress are only pro-Israel because they're influenced by Jewish lobbying groups. Um, And then there's this interesting remark she had in an interview from 2013. When I was in college, I took uh, a terrorism class. Every time the, the the professor said
2: al-Qaeda, he sort of like his shoulders <laughs> went up and, you know, yeah, he's in command like, here. Al-Qaeda, you know, hospital. Ec- you don't say America with an yeah. intensity. You yeah. don't say England with yeah. an intensity. You mm-hmm. know, you don't you don't say um, the army with an intensity.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you could tell by if you've seen this on video. You can tell by her by her uh her expressions she's she's pro terrorist you know why do you take a terrorism class? Why do they even teach terrorism classes in college? I don't think they teach uh math or reading or anything in uh in uh, class and I don't think they teach home economics or how to balance a checkbook uh or anything or and certainly not u s history not u s history or or world history in uh in high schools anymore uh but they teach you how to uh, get into colleges oh yeah because uh there's guaranteed student loans and somebody wants to make money talk about it's all about the benjamins apparently that's all that uh all that um the education's about um so anyway and here's a story we didn't have time for last week and by now you may know something about it no big deal just a strong possibility that Elon Omar may have been in a fraudulent marriage with her bio, with his with her own biological brother. I don't know if you think that's a big deal, uh, but when your liberal when the liberal coworkers call you a right wing conspiracy kook, tell them that this has been reported on the left leaning newspaper in Omar's district, the Minneapolis Star Tribune, Tribune, for the past three years. The paper has cited dozens of official documents that, su- that suggest. Omar was living with her current husband throughout her entire legal marriage to another man who may possibly be her biological brother. Um, contradicting the story that she has told, uh, to explain her multiple marriages. Omar tells the marital story in this way. And let's see if I can get through this Got about two and a half minutes left, uh, for the first half. So, uh, here's how it says. And remember, there's only two guys. There's Hirsi And there's uh, Hirsi and there's Elmi. Hirsi and Elmi. So they both start with Ahmed. 2002, Omar married Ahmed Hirsi in a faith ceremony, but never legally married. Okay? In 2008, between 2002 and 2008, Omar and Hirsi had two kids. 2008. Omar and Hirsi decided to end their relationship. In our faith tradition, never mind that the marriage was performed by a Christian minister, not a Muslim cleric. Kind of hard to say they married in a Muslim faith tradition by a Christian minister. In early 2000, so in 2008, she she says they ended their relationship. In early 2009, she married Ahmed Nur Said Elmi. So I'll just call him Elmi, and more on that last name when I get done with this. Okay, Omar and Elmi then so she they married in 2009, 2011, Omar and Elmi religiously divorced. They legally married then they religiously divorced and then shortly there then as soon as they religiously divorced, Omar and Hirsi reconciled. Hmm. 2012, uh Omar and Hirsi had their third child and uh 2017, just before she ran for Congress, Uh, Omar and Elmi belatedly obtained a legal divorce and Omar and Hirsi in 2018, just before she ran, legally got married. So, the paper trail legal documents undermines Omar's claim that she married Elmi, now a British citizen, while she was separated from Hirsi. So, in fact, evidence suggests that even during her legal marriage to Elmi, Omar has always been in a marital relationship with Hirsi. So, she married this guy... But she stayed with the other guy. So I don't know. What was the, what was the, what was the uh, intention there? Maybe uh, help someone get legal uh, citizenship in this country? I don't know. But we're going to talk about this more because I'm out of time for this, uh, this half of the main event. So stay tuned for five minutes of uh, weather, traffic, commercials, and uh, sports. And we'll be right back with more of this. Don't go away. It gets more interesting than that. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate or finance on uh, on this show because some of you guys might think it's boring, unless you're in the market for it. And then, uh, but if you are, if, but if you are interested in it. Call me toll free at 85-640-2020. If you're, you know, rates are really, really good. If you look at uh, what the rates have done in the last uh, twelve months, so they're down about three quarters of a point, which is uh, pretty darn good. And also, if you look at what the values of your houses, values of houses have gone up about fifty percent in the last five years. So uh, if you're uh, if you're carrying a loan with uh, with uh, mortgage insurance on it, you might be able to have a chance to get rid of it. So even if even if you've got a uh, a three and a half percent FHA loan, and we can get you into a three a, percent. A you know, you're going three and a half FHA, and put a point eight five mortgage insurance on it, so you're effectively here at four point three five. We can get you three point eight seven if we can get you into the. Four or three point eight seven five without the mortgage insurance, you're still better off. So anyway, uh, uh, if you're if you're curious about that, see what we can do. Call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty, or go to edhoffman.net, Click on the Summit Funding thing, and you can fill out the form, and uh, we'll we'll uh, dial you in, help you dial into whether it's a good time for you or, or not. So uh, anyway, the good thing about us at Summit Funding is uh, we will help you do. We'll we'll will help you steer steer you into the the product that makes sense for you if it makes sense for us but it doesn't make sense for you that's not a good deal so anyway um so before the break we were talking about Omar Elon Omar and uh, her uh, her mysterious marriage marriage to her perhaps perhaps maybe someone who uh, we think might be her brother so the paper trail of the legal documents uh says that uh that she was living with her uh, her previous husband that she had two kids with uh, Ahmed Hirsi, um while she was legally married to Ahmed Elmi, uh, Ahmed Nur Sayed Elmi. So I'm just going to call him Elmi. So uh, not only is he the father, so Hirsy not only is he the father of their three children, but public documents place Omar living in the same place. Uh, with Hirschi in two thousand nine, the year she legally married Elmi, and two years before she claims to have reconciled with Hirschi, she also filed taxes, tax returns with Hirschi the whole time. Whole time she was married to Elmi. So I don't know—is she playing some kind of a tax scam, or what? Um, but somehow anyone, but now, but. How can anyone be sure that Ahmed Elmi is actually Omar's brother? Until last week, the evidence was mostly social media, like a 2011 Instagram post where Elmi identified Omar's daughter as his niece. Okay, so if uh, your daughter is my niece, you must be my sister. Unless you're my brother. But uh, since we know Omar is a, a girl. So, uh... Oh, it would still be. Oh yeah, okay, that would be. But still be your niece. But it would be your brother instead of your sister. Uh, but all that changed on Thursday when journalist David Steinberg, who writes for Powerline and PJ Media, reported that Omar's name may not uh, not be Omar at all, but Elmi, the same last name of the second husband, possible brother. From Steinberg's report, the pro, from Steinberg's report, the proceeding information was given to me by multiple sources from within Minneapolis Somali community. The verifiable evidence corroborating their information follows below. In 1995, Elon entered the United States as a fraudulent member of the Omar family. That is not her family. The Omar family is a second unrelated family that was being granted asylum by the United States. The Omars allowed Elon, her genetic sister Sarah and her genetic father Nur Sayed to use false names to apply for asylum as members of Omar's family. Remember that thing called chain migration? That if you, if you allow one person to migrate, they get to put in all their extended family, their brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and nieces and nephews and, and brothers in law and, uh, uncles and grandmas and all that stuff and you bring in, bring in, you know, they're, they're averaging like 23. We grant, we do background search on one person and they bring in 23 people with them. The thing that Trump said he was going to end chain migration and the lot and the, and the lottery where they just pick out of a hat. Hey, we're going to take some people that are trying to get in and we just pull out of a hat and you get to come over. So that's the chain migration. So when one person, uh, when one person gets, uh, gets granted asylum, or said, "Hey, you can come over here now. Give us a list of your family members, so maybe uh, o- Elon Omar and her sister and her dad um, paid this other the Omar family um, to uh, pretend they were part of the family, and in uh, they came. Isn't that great? So Elon's a genetic family split up at that time. The above three receives as- asylum in the United States, while Elon's." Three other siblings, using their real names, managed to get asylum in the United Kingdom. Ilan Abdullah Omar's name before applying for asylum was Ilan Nur-Sayed Elmi. Her father's name before applying for asylum was Nur-Sayed Elmi Mohammed. Her sister Sara uh, Nur's name was before applying was Sarah Nur-Sayed Elmi. Her three siblings were granted asylum by the United Kingdom are uh, Layla Nur-Sayed Elmi, Mohammed Nur-Sayed Elmi, and Ahmed Nur-Sayed Elmi who became her husband in 2009. Elon and Ahmed were married in 2009, presumably to benefit in some way from a fraudulent marriage. They did not divorce until 2017. Um, If this is accurate, then Elon Omar uh, did more than marry her own brother. She uh, potentially committed dozens of felonies, and she's a sitting U.S. congresswoman. So can we blame the crowd at Trump's rally this week when they chanted this?
0: suggestion for the hate filled extremists who are constantly trying to tear our country down they never have anything good to say that's why i say hey if they don't like it let them leave let them leave and obviously and importantly omar has a history of launching vicious anti-semitic screeds
1: What's amazing about this is that uh since that since that rally on uh, Wednesday night, um the media has gone crazy and trying to say, look at what look at what uh look at what Trump is breeding in uh in his followers. And he commented, hey, I didn't say anything. He you know, I would have I would have at least laughed. Um but you know what uh what what they what they forgot to what they forgot was that uh two years earlier, um Sebastian gorka as as he was becoming part of uh, of trump's trump's uh cabinet uh Democrats Jerry Nadler and Dick Durbin went after Sebastian gorka um to send send him to for his uh I'm trying to read this thing uh as an immigrant in a way to threaten him for his political views, in other words, they were all but telling him to wait for it, go back to his own country, so they were they were threatening him. Um, Sebastian Gorka uh, tweeted, "It's it's only okay to threaten an immigrant if they're not Democrat. So you know they did the, they did the exact same thing, but nobody said anything about it. Nobody nobody made a big deal about it. Hey, you want to know if if you uh, if you immigrated legally? And because we want to send we want to send him back to I think he came from Hungary. Um, that's where he uh, originally came from. Um, so but amazing." Amazing that this stuff is going on. Also from Steinberg's report on October 22nd, 2008, the U S state department stopped accepting applications for the priority three refugee family reunification program, which is chain migration. The process by which refugees can apply for asylum. If one family member is already a legal U S resident state department halted the program because DNA testing primarily of Somalis had concluded that perhaps 87% of the applicants were fraudulent fraudulently claiming family relationships. Well, isn't that nice eighty seven percent of them, and we're letting them over uh don't go to don't go to Minnesota. I hear that there's a lot of places you just don't want to go there because there's so many Somalis people there and they don't like people if you're not part of their their group so anyway, um I don't know <clears throat> I don't know if uh and we're and you, all you hear on the news is people talking about how how Trump is a racist. Um, So, anyway, uh, meanwhile, Antifa continues to its reign of terror on our nation's institutions, and the media doesn't care. In fact, Antifa, a member who was on CNN two months ago, and Antifa meaning anti-fascist, so they're out there trying to stop the fascism that's coming from people on the right um, because we're so violent and... And nasty to people. Uh, So the Antifa member who was on CNN two months ago was killed by police this week while committing domestic terrorism. William Van Spronsen, a musician and carpenter from Vashon Island near Seattle, showed up outside an ICE detention center at 4 a.m. on July 13th armed with a rifle. This was a few hours after an organized protest at the facility, which he also attended. He began throwing incendiary devices at vehicles. That means, uh, like, Uh, firebombs, Molotov cocktails, lighting one car on fire and attempting to burn buildings and a propane tank. Uh, According to the Tacoma police who responded to the scene and opened fire, the 69-year-old died of gunshot wounds. We We now know that he sent a manifesto to friends on July 12th, the day before, writing, I am Antifa. He is being lionized by Antifa as a martyr. He also briefly appeared in May 5th episode of CNN's United States of Oh United Shades of America, although he didn't speak on camera, uh, which profiled the Seattle Antifa chapter. On uh, the same episode, here's host Kamau Bell interviewing a female Antifa member, showing him her pink and blue brass knuckles, face mask, and knife. Oh.
0: I love that these are... Uh... I know. I like that. Smart, <laughs> Can I put that like on? Yeah. I want to, on. want to ask. You want to ask? Wow. And this is a...
1: I usually have a couple of those on me just in case. Just in case. I use it for whatever I need to use it for. Point taken. All right. I guess uh, that's probably more powerful on video. Um, He also tweeted after an episode where people can donate money to the Seattle chapter of Antifa because they were getting threats after the episode. Uh, This is CNN. So anyway, uh, and more evidence, CNN's love affair with Antifa. Here's, Here's what Don Lamont said about them after Charlottesville last year. It
0: says it right in the name antifa anti fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting listen there's you know no organization is perfect there is some violence, um, no one condones the violence, but there are different reasons for antifa and for these neo nazis uh to be there one racist fascists, the other group fighting racist fascists there is a di- fascist there's a distinction there
1: well, you know, I think he's a little bit out out of uh, focus there you know maybe uh neo nazis are uh neo nazis might be fascist but um antifa certainly isn't certainly isn't fighting fascism uh, if you saw the the news a couple weeks ago when uh the antifa guys all masked up and uh you know throwing bricks and punches on some uh some little uh uh little guy who's does some uh conservative conservative uh, reporting. I don't even know that he's that conservative, but he writes some for some papers and he was, uh, he was uh, checking out a protest and, and they, they, they just beat the hell out of him. You know, they, they beat him up. They threw bricks at him and he, uh, he almost had a, a brain hemorrhage and uh, you know, they, they sprayed stuff in his eyes and, and it was all caught on camera and posted on social media. So, this is antifa man these guys are these guys are for out there fighting for good amazing this is this is what c n n is promoting so uh with two weeks to go until august recess with with two weeks two weeks to go until August recess, House Democrats have little time left to figure out immigration and health care for people that they claim to care about, much less take care of their own constituents in their districts. but instead they're spending time focused on actually on act what actually matters to them. Passing that symbolic non-binding resolution to condemn the president that we talked about in the first half. Which is against the House rule book, it turns out, but that didn't stop them. And what else? Introducing more articles of impeachment. So apparently, Al Green... That's a wrong That's a wrong Al Green. This, is, this was Congressman Al Green of Texas. Attempted to introduce the articles of impeachment against President Trump. Not the Al Green the singer, Al Green the congressman from Texas. For the third time he did that, Green failed, riding on the coattails of Pelosi's resolution and the media hype around the squad. Green announced the move in predictably dramatic fashion Tuesday night on the House floor.
0: President of the United States is unfit... To be president, unfit to represent the American values of decency and morality, respectability and civility,
1: honesty and propriety, reputability and integrity, and uh, fr- and of course, this you know, happily, happily, there's there's uh, more than the the four people in uh, Congress uh, that have some have some brains. Um, there's more than the four people that we hear about all the time that actually have some brains and realize that impeachment, you got to have a reason to impeach the president. And, you know, because you don't like him, because you think he's, he's kind of a, a, an A.H., which maybe he is at times, uh, is not a reason to impeach. He's doing the job. Uh, So it failed. Uh, From his rally on Wednesday night, here's the president's reaction.
0: I just heard that the United States House of Representatives has overwhelmingly voted to kill the most ridiculous project I've ever been involved in, the resolution, how stupid is that, on impeachment. I want to thank those Democrats because many of them voted for us. The vote was a totally lopsided 332 to ninety
1: five to one, and so three hundred thirty two to ninety five to one. So, so right now in the Congress, there's two hundred and thirty three. No, there's a there's a two hundred and thirty three uh, Democrats, and there's two hundred and two Republicans. And I know there's a couple of uh, like there's one guy from uh, Michigan that went from Republican to Independent. So let's just leave it at that how it was elected. So apparently, one hundred thirty eight Democrats voted. Against the impeachment because they they realize that hey I don't care what what we say he's got he's got to commit a high crime or misdemeanor he's got to do something we can't just we can't just impeach a guy because we don't like him and thinking about impeaching let's talk about let's talk about our own state let's talk about Gavin Newsom the stuff that he's doing we talked about a couple of weeks ago how he's uh he did his new uh, his new budget and he's uh, allocating gazillions of dollars to uh, help eradicate the homeless, uh, homeless problem. And if you noticed the homeless problem is everywhere. Now used to be just in, uh, you know, the skid row and in, in LA and now it's everywhere. It, there's, there's no city you can go into and not see homeless people. They're everywhere. Well, you know, it's not in over here. Yes, it is. It's everywhere. You know, there's, you know, you go down to the nice area of, uh, ports of call, uh, not ports of call. Uh, uh, what's it, what do they call it? Um, down at San Diego, the, it's called the, the place down by the, where the Marina is, um, across from about the bridge that goes over to Balboa, anywhere, whatever it's called the, uh, whatever that place is, you know, the, we, we have the navigation on our cars and we go down there, go down there and it takes you right through the homeless area. And that's a super nice area over there. And it's just, it's scary. It's scary to drive through there. San Diego, you know, every every city from here to San Diego to L.A. to everywhere. It's everywhere. Why do you think that is? Because I don't remember it being like that five years ago. Certainly not this bad. And I don't remember it being like that uh, 10 years ago. I don't remember any of it 10 years ago. I mean, you might see a few people, but it wasn't whole in camps. You know, I uh, uh, someone said that uh, they they used to go hiking down at uh, what they call the uh, river bottom in uh, Santa Ana River in Riverside. And uh they'd go go down there and hike and uh this guy took his kids down there and uh they were hiking and he goes, It's a, it's a whole community of tents and of uh, homeless people down there. You can't go down there without without you know being armed. You get to get raped. And uh and this guy and this guy's a burly dude. Uh he doesn't want to get raped down there, so uh it's it's just it's everywhere. Why is that? Is that because we have a shortage of housing? Because I don't see a problem with the people that are coming over illegally; they're finding some place to stay. Uh, I don't think it's a housing problem. And of course, Gavin Newsom's taking all the taking all our tax money because we got the biggest surplus ever. So that proves that uh, proves that California is doing great. But you know, now there's a rodent problem in L.A. and uh, apparently that's going to lead to uh, need uh, lead to a. Uh, uh, bubonic plague and uh, and all kinds of diseases out there. Uh, is this something that's good going on? And uh, my trainer, my trainer uh, made a trip to Texas. I think I don't think I remember to talk about this last week. So uh, after I had my back surgery, I gave him like three weeks off so I could uh, so I could recover before I start you know doing massive amounts of weightlifting and stuff. So uh, during that time, he took some time and uh, went to Texas to look at properties because uh, someone told him that uh, there was good properties to flip in Texas. So he's in San Antonio, and he's, uh, he's there for four days. And while he's there, he said he talked to someone who said and talked about, hey, you know, the homeless problem doesn't seem to be as bad here as it is in California. And someone told him, told him, yeah, that's because what we do is we buy a, one. We instead of giving them money for food, we buy them a bus ticket to California. For 98 bucks, you get them a, a Greyhound ticket that's one way to California where everything's free, and they like it. Oh, man, that's great. Here, I could buy you a bus ticket. You go to California, and you get free health care, and you get free food, and you get free this, and you get free that, and, then, and the weather is way nicer. And you know what? Hey, thanks, Texas, but I can't believe it's just Texas. I bet you people in Arizona are doing that, and Nevada, and, uh, and uh, New Mexico, and everywhere else. Because we're giving away free stuff. So, uh, Gavin Newsom, leave the borders open, make sure that uh, everybody gets free health care, make sure we give everything for free, and watch California go down the toilet. I noticed that uh, Travis Allen is... Uh, is uh, doing a starting a uh a campaign to recall Travis Allen and uh I donated I donated a hundred bucks to it. Uh I could donate more, but I wanna just help get it started and wait wait to see it catch some uh momentum. Um I'm not sure how you get to that thing. I posted it on on uh on uh, Facebook after I uh after I donated to encourage more people to do it. I hope I hope this thing gets some uh, momentum. And to uh, take out Travis Allen, and we hopefully can save our save our state because I see it I see it And uh uh hopefully you guys see it hey you know what uh, i got a, a gabriel gabriel 's doing my engineering today because dan 's on vacation and uh hey gabriel where where do you let me ask you some questions uh shoot what city do you live in I live in the city of Iso in Eastvale, okay, mm-hmm. Eastvale, brand new, brand new Upper Crest place, mm-hmm. more expensive than Merino Valley. You got homeless people there? Pull not there. really, man. To be honest, I don't. I, I do encounter him when I exit the freeway to come to work.
2: Okay. But in Eastvale, they they've done a pretty good job at uh, at taking care of that situation.
1: Okay, so uh, so you're not you're not encountering it until you get into certain cities, right? Okay, so um,
2: what well, what point are you trying to make here? Because I have an interesting story that I came across. Huh. So, uh, and I'm, I'll get the city for you in just a few moments, but this gentleman was uh, driving, uh, obviously, in, in his car, and he sees a homeless person asking for money. So he gets him close to his window, and uh, the guy tells him, hey, you got some money, blah, blah, So the guy tells him, no, but I got one better for you. I'll give you 15 bucks an hour if you clean up, uh, if you do my, my, my yard work. And the guy got offended. The guy got offended. He said, no. He started cursing at him, saying a bunch of things, not interested in the job. Um. So what this uh, man does is he's like, okay, well, now you, ha- you have upset me because I'm offering you a way out. I'm offering you 15 bucks an hour. I'm offering you a job so you no longer have to be in these conditions. So he writes a sign and he basically puts on the sign, do not give this man money. And I'm paraphrasing. It was a very long sign. But he says, do not give this man any money because I just offered him 15 bucks an hour and he said no. So now that the homeless man uh, that somehow the news get involved in the situation, and the homeless man says i didn't do anything wrong. Why are you doing
1: this to me so you could see this is not this is not a housing problem it's an attitude problem it's a it's an attitude of entitlement that started started many years ago when Obama was in there, and we start giving everybody stuff for free and as long as you give stuff for free, then people Get tired of work. They get, they get an attitude of not working. They get a habit. They get out of the habit of working and don't realize that, hey, you know, they're going to feel better if they worked. We have to change that attitude. We have to stop giving stuff for free and start making people work for it. They're going to feel better about themselves. They're going to feel better, but they're going to feel better about, uh, about. Their life, they're gonna actually do. They might do something. Hey, start working. You get. Hey, start out at fifteen dollars an hour. Start out at twelve dollars an hour, and you you work you work your way up into higher positions. And you know what? <sighs> that's how the that's how the capital, capitalist system works. That's how the free market works. So uh, apparently, we have some people in uh, in government that don't think that's the way it is, and they think that uh, their job is just to give stuff away. So anyway, uh, you could see where this is going. I personally am set. A lot of you guys are set. I've talked to a lot of you in, uh, at, a, at events or you've called me. You guys are set. But what we're worried about is our kids and our grandkids and where, whether we're going to have a country for them when we're gone. So anyway, I'm all out of time for this uh, this episode of the main event. So remember, talk about this stuff. We've got a year and a half till, uh, till our next election. We need to make sure that people understand. Hey, I'm out of time for this episode of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening. I'll be back again with you next week.
2: Opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 1012658. Arizona MLO license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199. Arizona license number 0925837.
0: Equal housing opportunity.